1: Our fourth episode this season, Children of the Mist, took us to Aotearoa, New Zealand, where a law called the Te Uruwara Act recognised a rainforest as its own legal entity. Today we're bringing you a bonus episode so that you can hear more from Tamati Kruger, the chair of the board of humans that act as the legal guardians of Te Uruwara. If you haven't listened already, the full episode goes into some of the history of how Tuhoi, the Maori tribe who called Te Uruwera home, had their land violently and illegally confiscated during colonisation. Unlike the New Zealand government, which views land as property, Tuhoi believe that Te Uruwera is their ancestor. In that episode, we heard how, as a Tuhoi negotiator, Tamati Kruger helped to introduce an Indigenous understanding of nature into New Zealand law. Today we're sharing with you more of our interview with Kruger. You'll also hear a bit later on from Kirsty Luke, the CEO of the Tuhoi Tribal Authority, who joined us for the interview and gave her insights into the Te Uruwara Act and climate change. Welcome back to Damages, I'm Lyndall Rollins.
0: I had heard about rights of nature for a while, but right when I was starting to dig into it a little bit more, this great documentary came out. It's called Invisible Hand. It's the third film from directors Joshua Prabanic and Melissa Troutman, and executive producer Mark Ruffalo. It's won seven Best Documentary awards and received laurels from 22 international film festivals. It's an excellent deep dive on the subject of rights of nature. If you want to dig into it even more after listening to this series I highly highly recommend it it's a paradigm shifting documentary that does not leave viewers in total despair but actually provides some inspirational solutions strategies and stories that will move you to take action where you live if you haven't seen invisible hand you're missing out go to invisiblehandfilm.com for more on where to watch and how to support this great work New Year's resolutions are almost destined to fail. I resolve almost every year to work less, and we all know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but one thing I have been able to stick to, and you can too, is switching up the way you do laundry in 2024 and grabbing Earth Breeze. I know what you're thinking laundry is not so fun. Those huge, heavy plastic jugs measuring out the right amount, getting goo all over the place. It's annoying. Earthbreeze Eco Sheets totally changed the game. Unlike powder or liquid, Earthbreeze actually looks like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated laundry detergent. And it's super easy. You just throw it into your laundry and that's it. There's no measuring, there's no lugging anything around. Your laundry comes out clean. It smells great. I love it. It's genuinely made my life easier. It's also dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, free of bleach and dyes so it's perfect for every load. You'll never run out of detergent again thanks to Earthbreeze's easy flexible subscription. You can adjust, pause, or cancel at any time with no hidden fees or penalties and you save a whopping 40% when you subscribe. Plus shipping is always free and eco sheets are packaged in a slim cardboard envelope that saves a ton of space. It also gets rid of one more plastic thing in your life, and the company has donated over a hundred million loads of laundry and counting to those in need. Right now, my listeners can get started with Earth Breeze and save forty percent. Forty four zero. Go to Earthbreeze.com/drilled. That's e-a-r-t-h-b-r-e-e-z-e.com/drilled for forty percent off your subscription.
1: We originally looked into Te Urewera this season because it's considered one of the first examples in the world of rights of nature. But as you'll hear, Tamati Kruger sees the act as being a bit different.
2: My name is Tamati. I'm the chair of the Te Urawera Board and I'm also the chair of the Tūhoe Tribal Authority. I think perhaps the better way of getting an appreciation of the picture of... That first purpose of the Act is to realise that after 180 years of colonisation in Aotearoa, New Zealand, Tūhoe, that is a tribal group, is one of uh, a number of tribal groups that were afflicted by colonisation, where... Primarily, we suffered prejudice and injustice and loss. When we had the opportunity to look at resolving a settlement with the Crown or the New Zealand government, it was really based on the need for justice. But that quality which the Crown is unable to deliver to all Indigenous people, so the the settlement that we negotiated with the Crown was for the return of our entire homeland, which had been confiscated uh, by the Crown and had left my people destitute for uh, 100 years or more. So the connection, the the purpose of the Act, which is the connection of the Tūhoe people with Te is around our identity, our sense of belonging, our connection with the land, which our identity and our sense of belonging all comes from. The very very culture from our literature to cuisine, to our art and culture, to our language, to our traditions and customs, they all come from our homeland, from the land. So the purpose, is to retrieve that sense of belonging and that is where justice lies uh, for ourselves.
1: The Te Uruwera Act became law in 2014, but Tamati Kruger goes on to explain how for Chuhoi, the process of reconnecting with their homeland after more than a century of dispossession, hasn't happened overnight.
2: I believe it it has started the most sincere form of healing and connection. We predicted that it would take us no less than two generations, approximately 40 years, to see the signs of the return and the restoration of our culture, of our sense of belonging and of connection. And so we are only 10 years now into that journey. But already we are getting a full sight of what we have to do. And the journey is most difficult, isn't it? For all indigenous people, because we are exploring the depth of hurt, the depth of damage and loss to us all. This is our journey that uh, that are beyond words. Uh, and that all Indigenous people around the world have to confront and and amount what we have lost, what we cannot restore and repatriate and what we have to design and create.
1: While the Te Uruwara Act is considered by many to be an example of the legal approach known as rights of nature, Tuhoe have a different way of understanding their relationship with the land.
2: We don't think describing it as rights is helpful in our situation. Two we believe that they are born with responsibilities, not rights. We are born into a family that involves the environment, that involves nature. In our creation stories, uh, there is no space, no regard for ownership, entitlement or rights where we are born uh, as part of nature, it is our point of origin and our point of return. As 2 people, we accept that we have obligations and responsibilities, not only to ourselves, but to how we live, where we live, and that it is our duty in order for us to progress and advance as human beings, we must know our place in nature. We don't see that our struggle is a struggle of rights. It's rather a struggle to restore our sense of responsibility to ourselves and to nature. We don't own Wena. We don't own this land, but we live with it. And our behavior and what we believe in and what we sense, Will determine how well we live with the land.
1: My next question was about what the Tuhoe approach to nature might mean at a time when the climate is changing. And for this question, Kirsty Luke, the CEO of the Tuhoe Tribal Authority, gave an incredible answer, building on what Kruger had just explained.
3: I would say that at the beginning of your questions was one around the statutory purpose of Te Uruwera Act, which is to strengthen the connection of two with Te Uruwira. That is the first time <clears throat> or use of that term in New Zealand legislation. What we were intending by that was to very deliberately disrupt the idea of property rights, of ownership, that being the thing that is determining, breeding even one's attitude and entitled view of papatuanuku, of the planet, of land. So it's a small word in whatever are the hundred pages of that piece of legislation, but it is the mighty word because the word we are using to undo the harsh damage of capitalism and the hearts and minds of our children and our families and our communities. So our fear of climate change is not for the land. The climate is evolving in a way that is making it inhabitable for humans, but I doubt the land itself is, is as distressed as we are. We don't worry for the land. We all we see is that we have lost through our practices and our behaviours and our care of land that we have lost the right to live here. So our problem is a people problem. Our problem is a human challenge. It's a humanity challenge. And that's why, well, and the medicine as Tamati has described is one of responsibility, of reconnection, of care, not so that we can turn that care into a currency called money and somehow pretend uh, to each other that we can survive fires and uh, floods, but that our collective care might address the greed, the greed that we're growing, the the must-have entitlement, the insatiable, we deficit thinking that we just don't have enough when we do. That's maybe not a great answer to climate change, to make Let's humans,
1: but that's all I've got for you. No, you really got to the heart of the issue.
2: We're proud to be Tuhoe. We're proud of the customs and the traditions and the heritage that tells us that we are from nature, we are part of nature and that we have responsibility. That is our salvation and that is our, our future this is not something uh, we understand is unique to Tuhoe but to all indigenous people and and there was a time in western culture where it was it too was their tradition was their custom until they lost their way they now rely on the indigenous people to bring back a heart memory of that because it's good uh, for humanity and it's good for the planet that that we're on that we're blessed to be here so you know we are grateful to the millions of people around the world that dedicate their time their, their intellect in raising gratitude in raising appreciation by all people and government that we desperately need to change the way we live, our lifestyle, our livelihood, our values, in order to be better humans.
1: That's all for this episode. Next week, our season concludes with a look at how industry is responding to the push for rights of nature. So come back for that. I'm Lyndall Rollins, thank you for listening.
0: Images is an original Critical Frequency production. This episode was written and reported by Lyndall Rollins. Our editor and senior producer is Sarah Ventry. Sound design by Ray Pang. Mixing and mastering by Mark Bush. Our fact checker is Wudan Yan. Our First Amendment attorney is James Wheaton of the First Amendment Project. Artwork for the show is drawn by Matt Fleming. Our theme song this season is Bird in the Hand by Foreknown. If you like the show, please remember to rate and review it wherever you're listening and share it with your friends. Thanks a lot. and We'll see you next time.